T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Well, how about that? Big win for the Sox tonight. And it does feel like, obviously, this is a massive stretch for the Red Sox as they're playing 33 out of 36 games against teams that are currently in the playoffs. And they started off tonight with a bang as they go to Cleveland. They take the opening game of this three-game set. And if you look at where the Red Sox are at right now, they started the season 10 and 19. They are now 30 and 12 in their last 42 games. That's a 714 winning percentage. And it felt like tonight you needed to send a message that, okay, yeah, we're going to validate what we did because part of the narrative, part of the conversation has been, okay, prove it to me. You've beaten a lot of crappy teams. You've beaten the A's of the world, right? You've beaten a lot of bad baseball teams with the exception of the St. Louis Cardinals last week, and you took two of three from St. Louis. But other than that, it's been a lot of bad teams. Seattle's not a very good baseball team. The Angels have been struggling. So most of these teams the Red Sox have been beating up on, the Tigers, they're not good. Nobody's saying they're good, but you needed to validate that, right, with this stretch here where you're going up against a lot of competitive teams. Now, I will say this to the critique or the criticism, rather, of the Red Sox beating up on bad teams. Well, what would you want them to do? Don't you want them to beat up on bad teams? That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be hammering bad teams, and they've been doing that for more than a month now. But this is the time where the schedule starts to get a lot more difficult. And this was a big win tonight to take the opening game, considering from a pitching perspective, when Pavetta's on the mound, you need to win. You look at how this series sort of aligns. You got Winkowski going tomorrow, which is very intriguing to me, considering the fact that I've been really impressed with what we've seen from Winkowski. His opening game against the Orioles, not great, but I equate that a lot to nerves and the fact that he knew he was going down the next day. And then he got Seattle and he got the A's, not very good offensive teams. But tomorrow he gets a real opportunity against a good Cleveland team. Now, not like Cleveland has a Yankees or Blue Jays level lineup, but that's a good team that's in the playoff hunt right now. So I'm really intrigued to see that. And then you got Rich Hill going on Sunday that if you look at this rotation for the Red Sox right now and this is not meant to sound like an indictment on Hill, but he's their worst starting pitcher. Walk is better than him. I would say Winkowski so far this year has been better than him. Evaldi obviously went healthy is better than him, and Nick Pavetta is better than him. That's just the reality of it. And it's nothing against Rich Hill, but you would like to have the series wrapped up before Rich Hill takes them on because he's the guy that you know is not going deep, which is brings me back to my original point with Pavetta. So if you look at what Pavetta has been able to do for this team over this stretch here, it's absolutely remarkable. So now Pavetta, since the 13th of May, 
He has now started nine games. The Red Sox have won eight of them. The only game they lost was that Otani game to the Angels where Otani actually hit a home run off him, and he shut down the Red Sox lineup. So the Red Sox have won eight of their last nine games with Pavetta, and it's not just that they're winning these games with Pavetta on the mound like it's, oh, well, you got a lot of run support, blah, blah, blah. No, it's what he's actually giving them. So if you look at tonight's game, seven innings. So now this month, in the month of June, Pavetta has started five games. He's gone at least seven innings in four of them. And right now, the reality is, even though it's getting better and they found some guys, right, the Schreibers of the world, and we'll get to him in greater detail later on, but the reality is the Red Sox bullpen is still not a strength of this team. They have some guys you like out there, like a Schreiber, like a Strom, but we would all acknowledge right now that Hein Bloom's number one priority at the trading deadline is to upgrade the bullpen, okay? So that's why Pavetta is so important for this team. He gives you a seven, he gives you eight, he gives you a seven, he gives you a seven again tonight. So Pavetta really sets up this series for the Red Sox from a bullpen perspective. Yes, Schreiber pitched today, and yes, Houck came in to close it out. Houck's a totally different story. I want to get to that in greater detail. We have till midnight to do that because I'm not very comfortable with him back there closing out games. I mean, I have you been? Have you been impressed with Tanner Houck as the closer of this team the past couple of Weeks or so, if you will. I'm definitely not. Schreiber has been great, but you didn't have to go through and manipulate and maneuver your way through the bullpen to try to win this game. That's what an ace does. That's what your number one pitcher in your rotation does. He goes out there and he sets the tone for the series. So now on Saturday, now on Sunday, if Alex Cora has to find a way to get 27 outs, manipulate, maneuver his way through the bullpen, well, now he has that luxury. Because Pavetta set the tone in the opening game of the series by going out there and giving you seven innings and shoving it down Cleveland's throat. That's exactly what he did. The guy's an absolute machine out there. Tonight, he did not walk a single batter. And I know that he didn't strike out a lot of people tonight, just four strikeouts, but Cleveland strikes out less than anybody in Major League Baseball, so he did a really good job pitching to contact, not creating a lot of extra traffic for himself because of the fact that... When you look at it from Pavetta's perspective, because of the fact that Pavetta was not putting extra guys on base with ball four, he didn't get himself in a lot of trouble tonight. So even when he gives up the home run, it's a solo home run. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. All right, so we will hear from the manager, Alex Cora, in just a little bit. But a lot on the table tonight. What have you made of this emergence of Nick Pavetta? That's on the table. Are you comfortable with Tanner Houck as this team's closer? And I do want to get to what I feel like is a major development in the lineup right now. We'll get into that in just a little bit. The number is 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, a win for the Red Sox in the opening game against the Guardians. I still got to get used to saying that name. I mean, what a joke of a name. I get, like, they need to change the name, all that. I'm not getting into the semantics and the argument of why they need to change the name. I just feel like they came up with a dumbass name, the Guardians. Come on, come up with something better than that. 617-779-7937, the number, with you until midnight. All right, so a lot of meat on the bone, a lot of ta- lot on the table tonight. So... Are you comfortable with Tanner Houck being the closer of this team? That's on the table. What do you make of Nick Pavetta? Is he legitimately the Red Sox ace at this particular point in time? And I do want to get into the one really big development that I've seen from the lineup over the past couple of days. 617-779-7937 is the number. But before we go any further, let's hear from the manager, Alex Gore. Positive. Really good against a, a tough lineup. You know, they... They put the one play, they go the other way. Uh, they got some guys that are having great seasons. Uh, Jimenez, for example, you know, so you, you still got the third baseman who's a stud, you know, and you got to maneuver that lineup. Starts with him, and um, he was able to use his fastball at will towards the end, mix it up good with the breaking ball early in counts, and he gave a seven. What about Christian Arroyo being able to miss so much time and be a part of so many winning plays? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the defensive play was great, you know, having the instincts right up. Uh, Tagging the runner in that situation, uh, he played great short today. Uh, the at bats, uh, it seems like he he was able to slow it down today. Uh, he took some pitches early in the count, and then he put a good swing on the homer. Uh, we were joking that he wasted all his outs in, in Worcester uh, the last few days, and uh, you know he he was good. You know um, he brings energy every day. He he tries so hard. You know like, and we like him a lot. And um, you know today the role players did an amazing job. Right, Arroyo, Rough Nighter with the walk. And um, we were able to, to win the game. How big has this last stretch been because of what you know your role players have been able to do for you? Yeah, we were talking about it, and um, you know we we decided to let Franchi hit with the lefty on the mound and men at second, knowing that they had the other lefty, and you know we got Shaw that you know he's really good against lefties, so it's a mix and match what we talk about, you know, with uh, with Tito, he's going to maximize uh, his bullpen, and you have to be patient, patient enough, and. Knowing that you have Bobby, you have uh, Refniner on the bench. We still have Xander, although he was probably our 
worst pinch hit option. We know that. But uh, we got we got options regardless. You know, if, if it's a lefty, they'll play, and we got the other guys on the bench. And if it's a righty, we can use Bobby Early or, or Wait and all that. So it's it's a lot easier to to maneuver twenty seven. You know, the the nine innings with the roster that we have right now. How big is it not only to beat this team but beat their bullpen, which is one of the best in baseball? Yeah, I mean they're really good at what they do, and. Uh, you know, we, we put a good at-bats. We walked six times, and uh, we, we controlled the at-bats the whole game. You know, uh, we had a chance to really put them away. Doogie had an outstanding night tonight. You know, he hit the ball hard the whole time, went the other way. And uh, we, we feel good where we're at. And, uh, you know, with them, every game is like that. We, we did it last year, and today was just the first one. But that's a really good team, and, um, you know, we're just happy that we got a chance to win the series tomorrow. Obviously, with Verdugo, two for five, but he hit everything hard. Some, so like, he yeah, that was that, that was really good. And uh, I told him this is kind of like the best game of the season for him, regardless of the results. You know, he 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 was patient. He he worked the count. He hit the ball the other way. And uh, you know, the last one, obviously, you know, the the kid made a great play. But uh, as far as the quality of the bats, tonight was it best night uh, of the season. What did you see from Tanner in that ninth inning? I know he's probably hadn't pitched in like three days. Yeah, I mean, Reyes ambushing him. He's late on the fastball. He managed to put a good swing, and then after that, uh, they do that to a lot of teams, you know, but then he made some great pitches on Rosario, and then, you know, we we were like, don't let this kid hit the ball in the air, you know, and um, he expanded, and Ramirez swung on a pitch that probably was a ball, right, and he rolled over, and we ended up winning the game. How confident were you in him despite, you know, the bases loaded, Ramirez coming up, obviously having a great season, you know, who were you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to give credit to Christian behind the play. He he knows. He knows that in those situations, you know, we can move on to the next guy if he if he, if he doesn't swing. And, uh, you know, we're not going to walk him intentionally because the stuff at the mound is really good, too, and he doesn't give up too many homers. But at the same time, we get him pitched to our game plan, and if he walks, he walks, we get in the next one. And uh, Christian did an amazing job behind the play. All right, that was Alex Cora after the game tonight. So if you want to react to anything the manager can, you certainly, or want to react to anything the manager said, you certainly can at 617-779-7937, 617-779-7937. All right, so real quickly, I want to get to, well, I don't have to do it real quickly. We have plenty of time. I do want to get to the big development, and Cora alluded to it. That was the best night of the season for Verdugo at the plate. Everything he hit was hard. Honestly, he could have had five hits tonight. It's just he got unfortunate with some luck in out in left field on one of the plays, and then, of course, the diving play at second base. So he easily could have had five hits tonight. He ends up with two, obviously, two big hits in this game. But this, and Cora mentioned this briefly, what sticks out to me about this team right now is the depth, and it's a much deeper team than it was a season ago. Remember, we were waiting for Kyle Schwarber to make his debut forever at the trading deadline because you were essentially getting no production out of Bobby Dahlback at first base. But think about everybody sort of has played their role with this team. Franchi was hot for a while. Bobby Dahlback is swinging the bat much better now. And the important pieces here, and Arroyo comes back from COVID. He has the home run tonight. He has a big game. And the thing that I look at, though, is two of the guys that you need, Verdugo and Story. It seems like Verdugo, over the past month or so, has figured it out. So if you look at Verdugo, he entered tonight in the month of June, hitting 296 with a 351 on base percentage. Obviously, he has two more hits tonight. He has 23 hits this month. He had 21 hits in the entire month of May, and he had 19 hits in the entire month of April. So Alex Verdugo, it feels like, remember at the very beginning of the season, like the first week or so, he starts off like red hot. 
he was really the Red Sox best player for like the first week of the season. Then he really cooled off like the first three games of the year. He had five hits. And then after that, he cooled off significantly and he really didn't heat back up until the beginning of this month. And it does feel like Verdugo is about to take off here. Not about to take off. He's hitting at almost a 300 clip for pretty much the entirety of the month of June. So that's a big thing. And the other thing is Story. So if you look at Story, of course, gets a hit late in this game as well. But Trevor Story is now on a nine-game hitting streak. And during that streak, he's nine for 26. That's a 346 batting average. So we know what we're going to see from Devers on a nightly basis. We saw it again tonight, which, by the way, he was not happy in the first inning. After Quantrell struck him out, he was screaming. Devers was not happy about that. <laughs> and he made him pay at his next at bat when he just absolutely crushed that thing out of the ballpark. So you know what you're going to get from Devers. It does feel like to me, and I know he had the night off tonight, obviously, Xander Bogarts, is Bogarts had a down May. And if you look at it, he didn't hit for any power whatsoever in the month of May. And I contend that had to do more with the shoulder issue than like Bogarts getting cold. He was dealing with an issue. Now, J.D. Martinez, he did get a hit tonight, but he's cooled off a little bit after that unbelievable stretch that he was on. But those three guys are going to hit. They're all going to hit. Devers is one of the best players in the sport. J.D. is one of the best hitters in the sport, and the same can be said about Xander Bogarts. But it's about these guys in the periphery. It's about these other guys, the stories and the Verdugos of the world. And if you asked before the season, okay, after Devers, Bogarts, and J.D., who are the other guys in the lineup that are going to have big seasons? The first two guys that we would point to are Alex Verdugo and Trevor Story. Trevor Story, because, of course, you look at him and there is a pedigree there. There is a track record there. There's a reason that you gave that guy $140 million. When you look at a guy like Alex Verdugo, not to say that he's lived up to this, but he was supposed to be the jewel of the Mookie Betts trade, if you will, right? When you look at the whole idea of bringing Alex Verdugo in, it was, okay, that's the guy that Bloom identified in that trade, was to go after a guy like Alex Verdugo. And if you look at Verdugo, last season, eh, it was okay. But he wasn't what we thought he could be after the trade. And I'm not saying he's ever going to replace Boogie Betts. That trade is horrible. You got Jeter Downs, who sucks. He was up for a day, hit 180 at the AAA level this year, or is hitting 180 at the AAA level. And Connor Wong, it's just like, what? At best, he's a backup catcher. So I'm not defending that trade whatsoever. It's a terrible trade. But they need to get production out of Alex Verdugo. And it does feel like right now, he's sort of in a place where he's getting comfortable at the plate. And we saw tonight... He's going the opposite way. So just having those other guys, Story and Verdugo, hitting at a reasonable clip behind these three other guys that, of course, you're depending on in the Bogarts, the Devers, and the J.D. Martinez's of the world, it just makes your lineup so much deeper. And like tonight, you're able to figure out a situation where, okay, we're going to pinch hit, where we're bringing in Bobby Dahl back into the game. It just feels like that is something that's a luxury that, quite frankly, I don't believe that Alex Cora had last year, where Alex Cora had the ability to go to his bench. It just didn't feel like that was something that was really reasonable last year, that they didn't really have guys that they trusted to go to in terms of the bench, pinch-hitting situations. And I feel like this team, compared to where it was a season ago, it's a lot deeper. Even a guy like Ref Snyder has been really good for this team. You bring him into the game, right? That's a guy that has been productive for you. Jaron Duran, I get he did not have a hit tonight, although I thought some of his at-bats were pretty good tonight. But he's been hitting close to 300. And I get it, it's a small sample size. It's like 11 games 
for Jaron Duran at the big league level this season. But it does feel like you have a lot of other guys compared to where they were a season ago when we're talking about the depth of this team. Duran looks like a different player. Franchi Cordero looks like a different player. Ref Snyder is just a really good find. I mean, he's a 30-year-old guy that basically has been all over the minor league level. So he's obviously a major development for this team. And then you start to think about the Arroyos of the world coming back. Arroyos is a guy that has not been able to hit right-handing pitching throughout his career, and he hits the home run tonight. So that's obviously a major thing. And then, like, even Christian Vasquez, he had a horrible year last year. I know he hit the big home run against the Rays in the postseason, but he swung the bat better this year. So this whole idea of you're getting into the gauntlet of the schedule, you need these other guys to help out in the lineup, and they're certainly doing it as of late. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with David in Florida. David. Wow, I'm leading off. You're leading off tonight, unfortunately, but what's going on? I'm going to drop a bunt. Oh, God. Well, I got a couple of things. First, you you were just talking about Jared hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran. And great 80s song, hungry like the wolf. That was before your time, though, because you're such a youngster. But uh, at any rate, what do you think? If he's going to, he has been showing an awful lot of improvement lately. And I wonder if it would be worthwhile, I mean, even once Kiki gets back, to, to give, um, to give Jaron and uh, the majority of playing time and to look if we can maybe move Kiki and get some pitching for him. Well, David, the reality is this. If Jaron Duran continues to swing the bat the way he has been, he's not going to get taken out of the lineup, right? You don't take a guy out of the lineup when he's swinging the bat that well. The one thing, though, I will say that does hurt him is he can't go to Toronto. So that hurts the Red Sox next week because they still don't have Kike Hernandez back. So they're going to be without Houck. They're going to be without Duran. It definitely puts this team at a disadvantage. And I'm not getting into a whole vaccine debate, if you will. But these are the rules, and unfortunately, Duran's not going to be there. So he's going to miss three games for this team. Yeah, well, after after this Toronto series, what do they have? One more in yeah. Toronto. Yeah, six. So this is going to be an Toronto. awful lot of pressure. There's going to be an awful lot of peer pressure on these players to maybe to get vaccinated between now and the next series, the final series in Toronto. I I don't think um, he'll do it. I I really don't, David. I don't think he's going to do it at this point. I think if they were going to convince him, he would have already been convinced. And then the other guy is Chris Sale. He's not vaccinated either. So when he yeah. comes back, he's not going right. to be able to go to Toronto and. The other concern, David, is you could play this team in the postseason. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I, I just, I understand. I mean, it's a personal, personal decision. But I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just very difficult. It's a, it's a very difficult path to navigate. But, but I mean, I'd like to if, they, if, if, if he continues to show this consistency. And I think you should move Kiki and try and get some pitching. Well, maybe they, I mean, David, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility and because of the fact that if you look at it, Kike Hernandez is a free agent after the season. So I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but I I figure most teams that do that in terms, and I appreciate the call, David, but most teams that make a trade like that where they're trading pitching, they, and they're at the deadline as a seller. They want young players. They don't want Kike Hernandez, who's, what, 30 years old. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for young prospects within the organization. So I understand the idea. 
of moving on from Kike Hernandez, although he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the league. I just don't see a move like that happening because what seller is going to want a 30-year-old that's about to go to free agency? It just doesn't behoove the team that's selling the players. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot more to get into, including I do want to get into what Nick Pavetta has meant for this team. Is he their ace right now? And do you want Tanner Houck to remain the closer? I don't. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on EI. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's an easier choice than ever with our exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. Now get great offers across our full line. Shop at your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com. Well, the Red Sox just picked up another win tonight, 6-3 over Cleveland. They improved to 40-31 and on the season. They're 30-12 and in their last 42 games. And tonight, it was another nice performance from Nick Pavetta, who gives you seven innings. He gives up just two earned runs, so he was really good again. Rafael Devers with a home run in this game. Christian Arroyo with a home run in this game. Alex Verdugo with a pair of hits. Trevor Story with a pair of hits. The Red Sox finished with 12 hits as a team in this one. And Tanner Houck is credited with the save in this one. The Sox and the Guardians will play the second of their three-game sets Saturday night in Cleveland. Early start. It's going to be a 6-10 first pitch across the Shaw's and Store Market, WEI Red Sox Network. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 7-10, or I should say at 5-10. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Josh Winkowski is going to get the start in this one. I'm really excited to see this tomorrow because Winkowski's pitched against a lot of bad teams. I'm excited to see him pitch against a good team tomorrow. Not to say that I haven't been impressed with him. You've heard me talking about Josh Winkowski on multiple occasions, but tomorrow gets to start against a good team. Stanley Cup, well, they will play a game six. The Lightning top the Avalanche tonight, 3-2. to two. Colorado has a 3-2 series lead, but game six is going to be back in Tampa. Meanwhile, Joe McDonald, the first to report today, Patrice Bergeron has decided to return for his 19th season. The C's drafted Alabama guard DJ Davison with the 53rd overall pick in Thursday's draft. He averaged 8.5 points and 4.3 assists per game last season. He had a 27% turnover rate. Not good. Meanwhile, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reporting Steve Clifford has agreed to become the Hornets head coach again. He previously coached Charlotte from 13 through 18. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, and we are with you until midnight. Oh, some housekeeping to take care of before we get back into this. So it appears it would be shocking if Connor Seabold doesn't start in Toronto on Monday or Tuesday because... Tonight, he was starting for the Woo Sox, and he pitched one inning. So basically, like, that's the equivalent of throwing a bullpen. So essentially, they took him out because they need somebody to start on Monday. Unfortunately, Whitlock didn't respond well after the last time he threw, so he's not ready to come back yet. The good news is, Avaldi did respond well, so hopefully that means he's back sooner rather than later. But, and this is kind of a silver lining, it would have been Cutter Crawford on Monday who I've had enough of Cutter Crawford, but the reality with Cutter Crawford is he's not vaccinated either. So Cutter Crawford would have been the guy that was sort of set up to start on Monday, but because he's not vaccinated, it's not going to be him. It's going to be Connor Siebold, and I'd much rather it be Connor Siebold. Siebold's had a really good year this season at AAA, and I remember last year he came up for one game, and he didn't have his velocity whatsoever. He was still coming back from the injury. He's been much better this year at the AAA level compared to what he was at a season ago. So I'm excited to see him get an opportunity. And remember, he also came over in the Pavetta trade. It was Heath Embry and Brandon Workman for Nick Pavetta and Connor Seabold. And Seabold, in all likelihood, I'd be shocked now after seeing what they did with him tonight. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get an opportunity to start this game in Toronto on Monday night, or either that or Tuesday, one of those two games. But at the AAA level this year, he has a 195 ERA in 50 and two-thirds, so he's been pretty damn good. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. Wally! Yeah, what's up, Brian? Another good night. We're starting the road trip off on a good note. But uh, like I said, you look at this team six weeks ago. We were going down the toilet. Everybody was batting around 180, 190. The bullpen stung. You weren't getting any innings from your starters, but uh, now everything's just taking a complete U-turn. Uh, I'm sure you agree with me. I do. I mean, we were, we were what, 10 games under 500, now we're 9 over. Well, so we've Wally, gained a lot you, of ground. Yeah, if you look at it, but, Wally, uh, they, were 10, they were 10 and 19. Since that right, point, they're right. 30 and 12. Right. You think of the teams that tank, like the Angels, the only team that changed managers and seemed to turn it around is the Phillies. But uh, you have to give Carver credit. I mean, he, he's using everybody on that roster. He's got a lot of flexibility. Uh, but as far as trading Kiki, I don't think he has anybody he wants. What's he making? $8 million and he's batting, what, 202 Yeah, well, but, uh, and, Wally, I, the other thing is he's coming off an injury, and a team right. that would be trading for Kike Hernandez would be a team that's trying to win. So right. I don't know why. The, I don't see the interest level out there from a different – like you're not going to get pitching for Kike Hernandez. And no, he's, no. He's no, in no. a Maybe walk Maybe well. you'd get a good uh, – but still, if Heinbrook doesn't, do you want to get a healthy reliever? You don't want to get a – you know, another ruptured duck with a sore arm, you know, yeah, that you can't use for a month. You want somebody you can plug in that bullpen right away. But everything's going good, Brian. No complaints. Uh, just hope that the Yankees can get, hit, hit a bit of a slump, but I don't see that happening. Hey, they lost tonight, Wally. I can't believe it. They must be <laughs> crying in New York. <laughs> All right, Wally, good stuff, my friend. Uh, yeah, as it pertains to the Duran thing, I just don't see the reason to move Duran right now. Duran is... Finally starting to swing the bat well after last year he looked overmatched. He looks much better at the plate this year. And remember this. We mentioned Kike Hernandez. He's a free agent after the season. 
So you're going to need an outfielder to start the 2023 season. So I don't see the rash. I'm not telling you like he's immovable. I'm not telling you he's Tristan Cassis or Marcelo Mayer. I'm not saying um, a totally against ever moving Jaron Duran. I'm just saying that it feels like now would be an opportunity to give him a runway here with the Kike injury and give him an opportunity to prove himself. And he's been really good. 617-779-7937, the number. By the way, the Red Sox have 13 hits from their leadoff hitter in the first inning. Jaron Duran's got four of them. He's played in 11 games. Let's get to Jack. He's in Rhode Island. What's up, Jack? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Um, first off, I just want to say, Franchi, I mean, should we sign him over Xander and Rafi? I'm just messing <laughs> <laughs> he does drop I mean, bombs, I'll I, say that. <laughs> he does. He really does. But um last time I called you I was I was depressed about the Celtics, but I'm really I'm really high about the Red Sox right now. Um I was just hanging out with my girlfriend at the Dirks and Bentley concert in Mansfield. Oh nice. I'm thinking about you know what, we have to plan for the future. Everybody is thinking about, hey, like let's sign Devers, let's sign uh Xander. But you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about this year. I'm thinking about, you know what we need to do? We need to, like, we need to consolidate everything on the defense. And you know what? Our hitting and our pitching is right there. And we can we can nab this series against the Yankees. We can nab the series coming up against the Blue Jays. We got a couple of things against the, Jay, uh, the Rays. So, you know what? I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get your opinion, like, what are the two biggest things the Red Sox need to get done in this next, I don't know, 12, 16-game series? Thank you, right. Brian. I'll hang up. Love you, dude. All right. Good stuff, Jack. I appreciate it, man. You can grab his line if you'd like at 617-779-7937. Okay, so a couple of things. So in terms of what they need to do in these upcoming series, I, I, I'll take that as like a bigger, broader question, like what this team needs. I don't feel like they need to add anything to the offense. I know – People have thrown out third base. I'm fine with rolling with Bobby Dahlback and Franchi Cordero at this particular point in time. I don't believe that they need to upgrade first base, especially considering that the number one prospect in your organization is a first baseman in Tristan Cassius. So I wouldn't be doing that. What I would be doing is putting all my resources into getting arms in the bullpen. Bloom did not do nearly enough in the offseason, and that's why right now the Red Sox bullpen is not good enough. It's not a World Series caliber bullpen. They need to add to this group, okay? They definitely need to do it. And when they get in, I mean, I trust Core to be able to maneuver and manipulate his way through games, but I would just like him to be working from the same level of, not the same level of strength, because you're not going to get to where the Yankees bullpen is at, but at least have a bullpen that is good enough to compete with the Yankees. Because right now, the reality is the Red Sox bullpen, Schreiber's really good. Strom's been really good. I believe when Sale comes back, you can put Whitlock back in the bullpen. Okay, then you're starting to cook with gasoline a little bit with some of those guys, but you're still two arms short back there. Now, what I would be doing is prioritizing right-handed relievers because of the division. We're talking about the Blue Jays with the Guerreros of the world, the Springers of the world, the Bo Bichettes of the world, and the same thing can be said about the Yankees when you're talking about, obviously, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, LeMahieu, Torres. So I want right-handed relievers. So the number one guy out there is David Bednar. Now, I don't know if the Pirates are going to be willing to trade him. He still is under team control next year. He's not even arbitration for two more years. That would cost you a lot. Daniel Bard is out there. We talked about that last week with Rob Bradford. He's having an outstanding season. Another guy out there, Lou Maloney brought him up, is Daniel Robertson. So there's a lot of guys out there 
or David Robertson, excuse me. There's a lot of guys out there in terms of relievers, and that's the easiest thing to get at the trading deadline. There's always relievers available because these teams that suck have relievers that it's worth selling them because of the fact they're not going to be part of their next great team. So those are the guys that you trade at the deadline if you're a seller. So it behooves Heim Bloom and Company to try to get some extra arms in there because this bullpen is not deep enough right now. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Art in Connecticut. Art, what's up, man? Hey, long time no hear from Hey, how are um, you? Good, good. I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Um, let, me, let me put the Kike Hernandez thing to bed. I know Dave and uh, Wally trying to trade him. I think they have short memories, Brian. Does everybody remember what Kike Hernandez did last year in the playoffs? Do you remember what Kike Hernandez did in the outfield? You I mean, mean Kike Ruth? was... Yeah, KK Ruth. Very good. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, look, he's he, he started slow this year, but once he gets healthy, I, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to put him on the bench or get ready to put him on a trading block and play uh, 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 Duran. I mean, I don't. I I, I want to see KK back out there. At least you know you can't you can't go on the you can't go on the injured reserve list and lose your position. Well, yeah, all right. Back. He's look. He's he's going to get plenty of at bats when he comes back. And the other thing about even yeah. the idea of trading Kike Hernandez, it doesn't really make sense. He's a thirty year old that's going to be a free agent. You'd be trading him to another contender. So why would another contender be trading you pitching? It just doesn't make any sense. Just from like a actual standpoint of who's trading who where, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, 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 I think the best thing you brought up tonight was Tanner Hauk. Yeah, the, you know, to me, Brian, ninth inning, the, 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 bull, the, the bullpen door opens. You know, you think, you think about Papelbon running to the mound. You think about uh, Mariano coming out to Sandman. You think about Eck. You know, it, it takes a certain mentality to, to be a closer, and I just, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. The, the kid's not. The kid's not a closer. I, I hope you're right. I hope. I hope uh, Bloom goes out before, before the trade at the trading deadline and goes out to get to uh, get to you know get the closer. We need a closer. And thanks for talking to you, Brian. Talk to you later. All right, Art. Good stuff, man. His line's open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. And look, I get it. You want to give him a little bit of a runway because he just got put into that closer role. But here's the reality: last three outings for Tanner Houck, two and two thirds, seven hits. He just like, and I felt like kind of optimistic about putting him back. I like Tanner Houck more as a bullpen arm than a starter because he can't go deep into games. Third time through the lineup, he can't pitch to guys. But I like him more in that bulk role. Like, okay, we need two innings out of the guy. I like him more in that role than the closer role because the reality is his command isn't good enough when he comes out of the bullpen at times, right? So I just don't want that guy throwing in the ninth inning. So it does kind of scare me that right now he's sort of penciled into that closer spot. But I feel like Cora, in a weird way, not in a weird way, it makes sense if you think about it, he'd rather have a guy with more flexibility in front of the closer, right? So, like, John Schreiber tonight, he got the most important inning. He went out to face three, four, and five. Schreiber's the guy that Cora right now trusts more than anybody else in that bullpen. So I feel like the number one reliever for the Red Sox, not to say, like, it's kind of different than it used to be, of course, but it's not the closer. It's that guy that Core is going to pick for, whether it's the seventh, the eighth, or the ninth inning, whenever the most important part of the lineup comes out, and Schreiber's that guy right now. So I believe that he trusts, and I think the numbers would bear it out, he trusts Schreiber more than he trusts Tanner Houck. I like the idea of giving Tanner Houck this opportunity, see if he can close, but I feel like right now he just 
hasn't backed up the organization's bet on him. He hasn't been good in the ninth inning. The Red Sox, you realize they're basically the worst team in the ninth inning of Major League Baseball from a pitching perspective. They've given up 34 earned runs in the ninth inning, more than anybody else in the sport. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. Alex, what's up, man? Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I, um, I act, yeah, and I'm feeling pretty good. You know, things are, things are starting to work out well. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow to see uh, how Winkowski, uh, how he pitches against, you know, with Cleveland and see how it works out. It's funny because I was just talking to your producer a second ago, and I told him that the real thing that I wanted to talk about tonight was health because it just seems, and you just hit it on the head, the last three outings, which is what I told your producer, said he seems to put a couple guys on base, and then, you know, we've got to, like, you know, squeeze out of it. And I'm just saying, in a way, I'm, I'm happy he's not going to Toronto because he needs a break because, I, I, you know, he's just not a closer. I don't think he's a closer. But, you know, what I'm worried about is that, Okay, you know, you know, maybe you know, there's a couple of guys we're going to be able to get, but is is Hein Bloom willing to part with? You're not going to get anything good unless you're going to give up something good. So, are we going to be able to give up something good in order to get what we need, or can Sale be a closer? And he's willing to try, but could, could he be the answer? I don't know. I don't think so, Alex. I I I was uh, on the afternoon show earlier this week and chatted with Cora about Chris Sale, and one of the things that stuck out to me is that he said his change-up's back. So last year, if you go back to it, he didn't have a change-up, right? So Cora said on the air the other day to me that his change-up was playing like a BP fastball. That's how bad his change-up was. And if you look at the numbers, opponents hit over 400 against it. And last year, Alex, he couldn't get righties out because he didn't have that change-up. And righties had an OPS over 800 against him last year, but... Cora said he's way ahead of where he was a year ago because he's got that changeup. The velocity's up. So I think the best thing for them, Alex, is put Sale in the rotation, put Whitlock back into the bullpen. That's what I, I think. I would love the, to see Whitlock yes, back. Yes, that's what I bullpen. think the move is rather than putting Chris Sale into the bullpen. I believe Chris Sale's we, a starter. But we still, but that, that was the, I was saying that that was like my, my, my last chance, you know, thing to do. But, you know, it's like that's a stretch because. What they really need to do is we need to get, you know, like the guy from Pittsburgh, one of these guys. Yeah, but we got to go in there and say, look, we're gonna, we have to kind of overwhelm them to get the guy. Let's go into Pittsburgh. We, we got a good farm. Fine. Let's give up a couple of these kids and let's get that guy and let's go for it. Yeah. And Alex, that's yes, that 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 I totally agree with you on. And the thing about Bednar, the guy out in Pittsburgh, is that wouldn't just be a rental. That would be for the next four years. You just lock down that closer and, you know, we have our ninth inning guy. That's why I would prioritize that. But you bring up a fascinating point. We don't know if Bloom will be willing to do that, right? Because if you go back to last year, all he gave up for Schwarber was the 18th prospect in their organization, Aldo Ramirez. So we have to find out what High Bloom is willing to part with at the trading deadline, especially, Alex, I feel like there has to be real urgency because of the Devers contract situation, the Bogarts contract, the JD contract, the Nathan Avaldi contract situation. He owes it to these guys. And the one other thing I'll say, Alex, is... And Vasquez he, as well. He's also yeah, the last Vasquez, year. yeah. Kike, all these guys. So the one other thing I'll say, though, is now ultimately, Schwarber worked out for this team. Ultimately, and he sucks now, Robles was good down the stretch of last season. They don't make the playoffs without Robles. But what Bloom didn't factor in or didn't put enough stock into 
is remember the letdown they had after the trading deadline because they didn't feel like yeah. the organization did enough for them? He has got to factor that into the equation this time around. Yeah, I agree with you. I hope so. And I still like Robles, to be honest. I mean, I, I still think there's a spot for him. You know, I wouldn't give up on him completely because he's, he's got stuff, but he's got attitude, and I like his attitude. Yeah, he, so his, I, problem I, is, I, his problem is just the command. Like, when he misses, he misses middle-middle. That's his problem, and he gets absolutely crushed when he does that. I mean, that's his issue. He's just going to be better from a command perspective. Yeah, but the rest of it seems to be playing well. I, I'm not a big Trevor Story guy, um, but you know what? He's playing. You know what? I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And, uh, you, know, I've been, you know, I'm in southern Connecticut, so I, I get to watch the Yankees and everything. They just hit home runs. That's all they do. They hit home runs. We can beat that ball club, but we need a closer. Yeah. We need, because they got a habit of, of – they almost did it again tonight. They almost – again, in the bottom of the night. They got a habit of coming back with the big bang, the big home run. Hicks last night with the three-run homer, you know, after a couple of walks. You know, it just and, – and not for nothing, Houston had left a ton of people on base last night. But anyway – we, you know, I still think we can catch the Yankees. I really believe that. If we uh, can, I don't think that, you know, Alex. I mean, they're in a 120-win pace. I don't care what they are. Think about it. If they were to lose, we are in grasp of getting it under. If we can be in single digits by the time of the All-Star break, we can catch them. Yeah, I truly look, believe. I, I don't believe that, Alex, but I will say I don't really care, honestly. As long as they're in the tournament, I trust Cora over Boone in a series. Oh, absolutely. there's no doubt. I mean, <laughs> Boone is look—he's a nice guy. That there's no doubt. I mean, Cora would would, would uh, I mean, that's what's just so great about Cora. How he's doing this. How he he deserves so much credit for what yeah. he's done. He just you know he just knows how to do. Well, it. We got to give him the tools. You got to give him the tools. And Alex, think about this too. Think about all these other teams that fall apart, right? Like the White Sox have fallen apart with Tony Larusa. The same thing happened with Joe Madden with the Angels. When this got rough for the Red Sox, they were ten and nineteen. It did not fall apart with Alex Cora. Didn't fall apart whatsoever. And Alex, appreciate the call as always, my friend. That's a real strength of Cora. To have that demeanor, that calming presence, if you will. So, all right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. I do want to get into something that I asked Alex Cora about earlier this week. So we'll get to that next, and you're going to like this answer. I promise you. We'll get to it next here in EI. So, Alex, anytime we see Chris Dell on the mound, we get excited. And we saw him, of course, strike out Wander Franco the other night. And some stuck out to me the other day when you were on MLB radio and you mentioned the fact that the changeup's there. And last year, of course, changeup was not great for him and he had trouble getting out righties. So how much further along is he this year compared to last year, the second year post-TJ? No, no, he's, he's way ahead compared to last year. And I'm very cautious about stuff like this. I don't get too excited because I know how it works, you know, especially here. Uh, I know people are breaking it down. Uh, he's pitching Saturday and then he's pitching Thursday and then he's pitching Tuesday or Wednesday. And, oh, he's here at the big league level. It doesn't work that way. But as far as the individual and the stuff, uh, night and day compared to, to, to last year. You know, he was, uh, what, 12 months, uh, a year and a half removed from, from surgery. Uh, he was really good for us uh, last yeah. year. Uh, five innings, six innings, just giving us a chance to win. But I do believe we're going to get the closest version of Chris Sale May 18. You know, obviously we, we have to build him up here. But when he when he goes, he goes, and he's throwing 96 right now. The changeup is going to be huge for us. Last year, it wasn't fair, you know. It was fastball slider, and the changeup was like a bad fastball, and uh, he survived. But I, I do believe this year he's going to be on point, and he's going to help us. 
All right, so that was Alex Gore the other day on Maloney, Fourier, and Mago with myself in there asking the good questions. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I cannot help but get excited for Chris Sale and get excited for him being part of the equation again because Cora doesn't just say that, right? Like, if Cora doesn't feel that way about Chris Sale, he just says, oh, yeah, well, it's a process. We're building it back up, and he just sort of doesn't give you too much, right? If he doesn't genuinely feel that way. But he genuinely feels that Chris Sale is closer to the guy this year than he was last year because he has his changeup back, because it's now two and a half years since the Tommy John. The velocity is further along than it was a season ago. Now, unfortunately... It sucks that he had that rib issue where it cost him to miss games. But just think about this. Last year, Alex Gore told you he only had two pitches. He couldn't throw his changeup. He still, last year, was able to go out there after he came back from the injury, and he was still able to give you a 316 ERA, okay? For a guy that only had two pitches, he still, if you look at it in terms of his strikeout rate, it was still pretty good. Now, it wasn't vintage Chris Sale, but it was 28.5%. So his strikeout rate was still relatively good last year. And the other thing I'd point out is he prevented loud contact. His hard hit rate was at 32.2%. That'd be in the top five this year in Major League Baseball as it pertains to qualified starters in terms of eliminating loud contact, eliminating loud contact, I should say, plus 95 miles per hour off the bat. So he did a good job limiting loud contact. He still was able to strike out a high number of players with only two pitches at his disposal. And that's why last year he really struggled against righties because he needed that third pitch. He needed the changeup. He was dominant against lefties because he had his fastball. And, of course, he had that sweeping slider that goes away from left-handed hitters. But he needed that changeup to consistently get out righties. And it just last year it just wasn't at his disposal. So if you really think about this, Pavetta has legitimately turned into the number one starter in this rotation with the absence of Evaldi. But the news on Evaldi good today that he's responding well and that he could be back in the near future, which is obviously major for this team because he was the best pitcher in this rotation a season ago. So that's a good thing. It's okay. You feel good about Pavetta. You feel good about Evaldi. Michael Walker has been tremendous for this team. So then you're thinking, okay, you have three guys you know in your rotation right now you really trust. Now, the Rich Hill thing, fine. Like, I'm, I'm good with him for the regular season. I'm good with him starting every fifth day. He gives you a professional outing. He battles. I actually really enjoy watching him pitch because it's, like, different than anybody else. I mean, the guy doesn't hit 90 on the radar gun in the Major League Baseball. He doesn't hit 90 on the radar gun. You very rarely see that across the sport. So I do enjoy watching him pitch. I just don't have the same level of trust, obviously, that I have with Pavetta, that I have with Evaldi, that I have with Waka. And we know that he can't go deep into games the third time through. He really gets beat up. So we know that's a reality with Rich Hill. But just think about that quartet. If Sale is actually, let's say he's 85% of the guy that he was prior to the injury. Because I would argue last year he was about 70% of what he used to be, 65 maybe. He, it would be disrespectful for me to say he was anywhere close to what Chris Sale was prior to the injury because he was just that dominating of a pitcher, if you will. So when I look at it, if you have those four guys, and then now you have the flat. And Winkowski's been pretty good. Now, I'm not saying that I definitively know that Winkowski's going to be a great starter for the rest of the season, but he's definitely shown some signs. All right, so then you have the ability now to put Whitlock back in the bullpen when Chris Sale's ready to go. And then, as we get closer, and the reason I bring up this whole idea of urgency 
one of the other things you're going to be able to look at is, okay, when does Brian Bayo factor into the equation? Because, and Walter's dealing with a neck injury there down at the minor league level right now. But for the first time in a long time, you do feel like from a pitching perspective, there actually is legitimately organizational depth. Now, I still think it behooves the Red Sox to go out there and get a top-tier reliever, but it does feel nice to know that there are at least some reinforcements down at the AAA level that you may be able to dig into at some point this season. And the main one, of course, being Brian Bayo, because the stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. All right, I'll be back with you tomorrow from 1 up until first pitch. I'll be in with Fitzy tomorrow afternoon, and then I'll be with you for a pregame from 5, 10 to 6, 10. Remember, a little bit of an earlier start tomorrow. Thanks to Ethan for producing. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.